Welcome to the GoBundance Podcast, the audio channel for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. You know, the problem with most successful guys is they are awesome, yet at the same time, they suck. <laughs> They're too one-dimensional. Like, they have big, fat money, but also a big, fat gut. <laughs> or the opposite. They may look good as hell naked, but if you look in their savings account, they're as broke as a $3 watch. Some may have both muscle strength and financial strength, but they've been divorced five times and their kids don't even speak to them. Some have huge smiley family portraits in their foyer, but not a single friend that's honest and objective with them. Some may be gregarious as hell, surrounded by people and hugs galore, but their charitable giving is shameful. Come on, man. Really? That's all you gave back? I think you get my point by now. At GoBundance, we know we're not perfect, but our goal is to be better. Better multidimensionally in six simple categories. We call these our pillars. Number one, horizontal income. Number two, age-defying health. Number three, bucket list adventures. Number four, genuine contribution. Number five, authentic relationships. And number six, extreme accountability. So speaking of number six, let's dig into this week's interview with a GoBro. And you can tell me. Is he walking the talk or is he a false prophet? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the GoBundance Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber. Really excited to welcome in today, GoBundance member, member of the Tribe of Millionaires, investor from the Philadelphia metro area, Mark McGuire. Welcome, Mark. Jamie, excited to be here, man. It's been, a, it's been on the goals list. So thanks That's for finally letting me on. To be with me, you mean? Yes, to be with you. Right, right, right. Not the, not the podcast. I don't care about the, but just to be in proximity to me, bucket list. I get it. I completely get it. I hear that all the time, actually. So I appreciate you uh, reaffirming that for me. <laughs> wow. Excited to be here, man. Excited to hang out with you. Now, great to see you. So let's start with a little background on you. Why don't you give us just sort of the story of Mark and then we'll, we'll kind of roll from there. Yeah. So uh, my story um, grew up, you know, Northwest of Philadelphia, not in the city, in the suburbs. And, um, Got started. My family was always a real estate family. Uh, I didn't know it. My family kept uh, what they had kind of pretty close to the vest and um, found out uh, when I was about 17 that uh, my family had these properties. And I started, you know, just as the guy who was the gopher cleaning out basements, cleaning out attics. I spent the uh, year after my senior year of high school just cleaning out rotting things in basements for properties that had been improperly managed for about 10 years. And, um, so then I, I actually went to school, went to Temple university, uh, three semesters non-consecutively. And, um, I actually dropped out not once, but twice, uh, cause once wasn't enough. And I played in the band, uh, professionally for seven years from the time I was about 17 until about 24. And so, um, we, after going through some ups and downs and, you know, my, that was actually the first business I owned. We actually got to the point where, we, we ended up, you know, getting a record contract from RCA records. Then wow. I did the math and was like, ah, man, this is like not good. I think I'm going to do something else. So, uh, got the contract and never signed it. The other guys in the band ended up going forward, but, um, that's and that band is Coldplay today. <laughs> I, I wish man, I, 
I'd be asking them to hook me up. But uh, no, they they uh, they're still around. They still they still gig. Um, actually, they've gone on to do other stuff. And and now, um, ironically, the sister of uh, two of the guys in the band actually hit it big. Uh, her, that her name is Roses, and it's it's funny, man, how how it all works. That she actually, I think, did a co-write we were supposed to do. She took it uh, when things kind of went south with us. Wow. And so uh, I think she that was the co-write we were supposed to have, and that's what that's what she got her first hit with. Man, okay, well, yep. good for her, I guess. I know, great, I dude, I'm, and I actually I just sold a house to the lead singer uh, literally last year. Okay. So like he and I are super cool. He still lives nearby, and it just they're good people. Wow. Okay. Can we pause for a moment? Like, I want to, I want to dive in here for a second before sure. we get to, I mean, obviously, you know, that's not where you made your, your money and not where you made the ability to join GoBundant. So we'll get to that, but there's a couple things here. So first off, it's interesting. You mentioned about dropping out of temple twice, I, non-consecutive semesters, same. I did a here and a there and a here and a there. And I just, it's just never, it was like, I was doing it for societal pressure. I'm sure the same for you. Like yep. everybody said I should, and it just never resonated. I left and I did what I had to do. So I, I I'm with you there. But, you were a so temple guy band. though? I'm sorry. You were, you were a temple guy? Not temple, not temple, but I went to uh, state university of New York. Uh, okay. One of the state universities in New York. And uh, I did it. Yeah. Like it was two semesters here, one over there. And I just, it never felt right. I even jumped between a couple of different colleges just cause, but it never felt right. But RCA Records contract, you said you got the contract, but it w wasn't worth it. I mean, just as a non-music guy, I hear contract, music, RCA, like, man, that's got to be something. Like, give us some detail on that. What was it, like $18? Or by the time you split it all up, it was nothing? Like, what's that yeah. contract look like? Why didn't you sign it? So, you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, that was like my uh, indoctrination to, like, just understanding contracts and language and attorneys mm. and, you know, just just business. And I mean, it was a business. They weren't out to make friends. They were out to make money. So, you know, we didn't, we'd had some good songs and we, we, we ended up um, opening up for a couple of big acts. We opened up for the script in New York city. We opened up with neon oh, yeah. trees, played with capital cities. Um, nice. We played with a couple of big acts and some big festivals. And when we got the contract from RCA, they had the, the, the term was called a 360 deal, which was starting to become more and more popular because record labels weren't making money on the the record sales anymore because this was like post napster which kids these days wouldn't even know what napster was because now everything is just like oh stream it spot like spotify came out in like 2011 i'll never forget we had people contacting us from sweden being like are you guys on spotify what the hell is spotify <laughs> so we got the contract from rca it was like a it was like seven album cycles, which is like two to three years per album cycle. So album cycle is like record tour and like, and all the merch and all the, you know, the stuff that comes with it. And the, the record label was taking a cut of everything. So they called them 360 deals because they took, you know, cut of everything in, in your atmosphere. So they would take a cut of merch, take a cut of CD sales, streaming, like streaming. And, and the big one now is what they call syncs, which are like all your commercials and, and all that stuff. So the, we were, it was going to be like an advance of like, it was like $50,000 or $40,000 in advance. I think it was like total. 50 grand. Not per. This is like for the total, whole total. Okay. Right. And it was like, I think the contract was like 250 grand. I wow. wish I still had it, but it was like, like 250 grand. It was a terrible contract. It was like an entry level, like, Hey, we're, we like you enough to take like a, a flyer on you, but it was like, sure. 
taking trying to pick like the superfecta and you're like yeah i'll bet a dollar like we got the dollar that's and what did, happened and did i hear you so you said they were they were doing seven albums that would be like 20 years that would be your career like basically they were like hey we'll bet a dollar that you'll succeed and we're gonna lock you up for seven albums wow yeah it was horrible it was I like you it was slavery. these terms or i mean is that, you hear that it's funny you say that but do you hear that in the in the music industry there are some big acts that had to get out of bad contracts early on but can you negotiate it or were you just not in that kind of position yeah so we didn't have the online presence like what what would generate it's like anything else like the more production you do as a salesperson the more you can go and negotiate a better split on your mm. contracts right so it was the same way. Like we didn't have the online presence, the online followers, the ticket sales. You know, when when an, a, a labels they have them, they're called A and R uh, artists. It's like artists and repertoire or something like that's what it stands for. But the A and R people are the ones that are like the talent scouts for the record yeah. labels, and so they're looking out to say like, okay, like they're going to your shows, they're digging into your social profile, they're like underwriting your risk as an as an artist mm -hmm. to say, okay, like this person I think has what it takes. Like they're gigging. They, they, you know, I've seen them play. Like they put on a good show. I think their creative directions there. I think their image is there. Brand is there, et cetera. Interesting. All right. It's going to so, be about $6,700 a guy after management took 20%. The lawyer took like 7,000 bucks. So it was going to be like 6,400 or $6,700 per member that we would have received pre-tax. Pre-tax. We hadn't paid taxes on that yet. I mean, I don't think we were going to get taxed with how much money we were sure, making. Sure, No, I get yeah. it though. But yeah, you're not making a lot. What? By the way, what did you play? What was your I played drums? Role? Drums. Another yeah. drummer. I like it. There's a lot of drummers. Phil Kaplan. I played drums for a bit. Not at your level, but uh, that's funny. And then, real quick, go back to so so the lead singer you sold the house to was the lead singer of the band that did take the contract. So these guys did take the contract, right? Yeah. They took the contract. They went out to LA recorded a, an album and you know, like they were talented guys. I mean, honestly, I think I was the least talented amongst them. I was kind of like you know, the, the lucky sperm club, but they were cool guys. And you know, they took the deal and they were super talented and, you know, I, I don't really know what happened, but I, I mean, it's kind of like a common story here. You go out, they spend a bunch of money doing a record and you get shelved, meaning like it never gets released. It just like there was disputes and, you know, like I can't remember what the story was, but it was they just never got never saw the light of day, unfortunately. What are these guys doing now? Do you I mean, are they still together? Are they still playing, touring? I mean, do they have a, a presence still? Yeah, so I, I honestly don't know entirely. I know one of the guys has a, a, a table, like a woodworking company, started that okay. in Philly. And then another guy, now the, he, the, the lead singer, it's co-writing in Nashville. So there's a lot of co-writes with like country artists and pop artists. And um, the, the other guy uh, does like co-writing and producing. And I think they moved out to like LA or something. All right, and the, and the sister that hit it big, you said her name. Is, some, is she part of, like, would I recognize her or a song that she sang or anything, or you want to keep that under wraps? No, you. I mean, the song was called Roses, R-O-Z-E-S. That It was with the Chainsmokers. That, that was really what got her big. And oh. I mean, actually, it, her name's Liz. Liz is super talented. She was always talented. I was like, she just had something. She, her voice was just unique. Same way that Pat, Pat's voice was always unique. They're yeah, just no, talented Chain family, man. They're a super I, musical family. I feel like I've heard of the Chainsmokers. Haven't Definitely I? Definitely mean, Right. If you you would hear like ten different songs, you'd be like, "Oh, that's the Chainsmokers." Like gotcha. you'd be like, "Oh, I know that song." Gotcha. It'd be one okay. of those. 
Makes sense. One of those bands. Got it. Interesting. Okay. You make wow, no a- money in the music world till you make just buku money. Sure. I'll bet. Right. It's, it's, it's the haves and have nots in that industry. I can, I can only imagine. Okay. That was interesting. I want, I wanted to dive into that a little bit. Continue with the Mark McGuire story. So after you, you say no to this, the, the, the contract and uh, you know, you found out your family's got some property and you've done a little work there or whatever, what happens next? Yes. Yeah, so I, my cousin was in the real estate sales business. This was like 2011. So it was like market was at the bottom of the bottom, you know, where they were still at the time free falling. No one knew where the bottom was yet. And, um, you know, he was like, Hey, you'd be great at real estate sales. You should come work with me. And I said, all right, cool. Well, I don't have a college degree. He's like, no, you don't need that. I was like, even better. So I just shadowed him and I was working in like property maintenance. I mean, I was like touring, we were playing these big shows and I was going back as the maintenance guy plunging toilets. Like that was a real thing that happened, which was a real, you know, kept me pretty grounded. Sure. But, um, got back, you know, did started in real estate sales. And then I was like, kind of like built it up, built it up, you know, just spent the time learning. I wasn't getting paid. wasn't making any money. was closing deals like, you know, for a hundred thousand here or there, like, making no working a lot for nothing. Sure. And then um, just stayed at it. And that was when I was like, we got the contract in 2014. I was like, I think I'm just gonna do a sales thing. I don't think this makes sense. I had like three or four deals under contract and pulled the parachute and said, Hey, let's make it work and figure it out. We did. Nice. Now, so to bring us to today, what is your, 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 do you have a sales team? Like, what does it look like in your, yeah. in your organization? Yep. So today I have a real estate sales team, myself and three others in production, two in back office. And then um, I also work with uh, Sergio Altamare, another GoBro and uh, Hearthfire Holdings. And we syndicate self-storage properties. Wow. Okay. All right. So you're part of his group too. We just had him on uh, recently. So he talked a little bit about that as well. So, so you're, you're all in. Did you meet him through GoBundance or did you know him before? Yep. Met him through GoBundance. He's another Philly guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you guys got together and partnered up. That's really cool. I'm hearing more and more of that story as I do this podcast, whether it's a pod, an account, a GoPod getting together and partnering, or just guys locally that get one to know one another, or even across the country, uh, you know, uh, people in the same space are starting to partner up or do deals together or whatever. So that's very cool. What's up, everybody? This is Pat Hyben and Tim Rode, uh, founders of GoBundance and we wanted to give you a quick sneak peek of our August event coming up in Steamboat, Colorado. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback that you'd love to see us kind of go back to the old ways. Want to see us do the one sheets, want to see go talks, more connecting at the event. So we're committed this year and we promise, number one, all four elders are going to be there. Number two, it's going to be 50% on stage, 50% off stage, which means you know, 50% of the time at least is going to be spent interacting with all the other members. And some of the cool things that we got going for you on stage is, of course, as usual, we're going to do the bull versus bear. And we really, really put our heads together and said, what is something that's debatable? And that one thing is retail. So we are going to bull versus bear on the asset class retail real estate. Is that going to bomb or should you be buying into that? 
That's number one. We're going to be doing the ever popular 728 program with Aaron West, Daniel Del Real. We're going to have David Osborne leading three businesses through the gauntlet. The gauntlet. And if you haven't seen the last gauntlet, the gauntlet is basically it's a shark tank. David's going to run the shark tank. He's going to be like the three shark tank judges all in one. Actually, what he's going to be is he's going to be like the, the, lead, the interactive guy. And then the audience is going to be like the judges. So the three Shark Tank people will come and present at the gauntlet. Then they'll go into a soundproof booth. And everybody will rip them to shreds in the audience. So it'll be really, really cool and very engaging as to um, how people pick apart investments. And, of course, they're real investments. So afterwards, if you want to throw some money down on it, you can too. And then during the day, of course, we'll be getting the goods in the woods. We have all sorts of fun things lined up for you. Plenty of options to play hard, to uh, play light. However you play, there will be a way for you to get it. Yep, and something we're going to do that's, that we haven't done before, we're going to have a very organized golf tournament. It's going to be a GoPod golf tournament, or if your GoPod is not there, then you can just pick a random foursome. We're also going to have an ultimate Frisbee GoPod challenge. So in your GoPod, you're going to go against other GoPods in a game of ultimate Frisbee, and we're going to bracket it. We're going to have a huge prize at the end for the winner. So here's the deal. Sign up. Come to Steamboat in August. Here's all the information on the screen. We look forward to seeing you there. The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right. So today you run a sales team, you invest in self-storage. What happened with the family you know, portfolio? So that's still in play. I now basically, instead of being the maintenance guy, I'm kind of the one reviewing all the financial statements, kind of handling the, the, the large CapEx projects, roofs and gutters and, you know, parking lots and all that stuff. And just trying to, you know, manage, manage it and make sure that the rent rolls held accountable to the market. Yeah. You mentioned it was mismanaged. Like when you were looking, cleaning properties, cleaning attics and, and basements, that these were improperly managed for like 10 years. Is that your family just didn't really put much into it or, or just the man, you know, management company wasn't doing a great job or was it, yeah, just yeah. a little more on that. No. So my grandfather is, is like I said, I'm a real estate family. So my grandfather and his father and his brother built a, a really sizable portfolio. I think they had in their day, probably three to 400 units somewhere. Wow. These single family or a mix of things? Uh, you know, single family and multifamily, you know, like I think the largest one they had was in the seventies for the unit count. Okay. And then what actually happened was my, my grandma passed away. My grand, my grandfather basically and his brother like disagreed fundamentally. Um, they were actually had a couple of real estate offices that they were under contract to sell to Weikert. And then his brother like got in the way and pride kind of got in the way of it. And they never actually consummated the deal. And then Weikert took all the agents that they were, <laughs> that they had anyways. Oh, wow. So proof, man, the ego getting in the way. But yeah. um, so my grandfather and his brother just fundamentally disagreed and said, hey, we're out. Like, send me the check. Uh, if you want to do it your way, that's fine. And I'll step in when you drop the ball. Mm. So basically, my grandfather's brother passed away. And my grandfather was like, hey, I need help to turn this thing around. And we just basically did a full CapEx cycle on the whole thing. 
Wow, 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 wow. Gotcha. So the rift created the the lack of management. And then once once the rift was over, for unfortunate reasons, it you guys had to come back in and sort of uh, and sort of take it all over and bring it back up to speed. Yeah. And and I mean, and I didn't know at the time like that that there was even his. And I didn't I didn't know what he had. Like I was 17 years old. I had no clue. Like I was right. driving to things and I'm like, wait, this is you? And you know, stuff I'd driven past my whole life just had no yeah. clue was was his. And he just was a very private guy. The exact opposite of what this is going to be. So very, yes, <laughs> <laughs> very true. This is a very public outing of exactly what you are and what you do. So <laughs> yep. I love it. Well, that's great, man. What an amazing background. I appreciate you going deep on the story. The, the, uh, I mean, fascinating on the, on the music background and then very informative on the, on the real estate, how, how kind of you got started in this. So let's dive into your one sheet, the baseball card of your life. So we're going to go pillar by pillar, starting with horizontal income as the first pillar. And let's talk about that. What is your current yearly horizontal income and how many lines is that? Yeah. So my current horizontal income this year is skewed because I sold some stuff. So, yep. I mean, if you were to look at it this year, it's significantly more than it's been in years past. It's like 271 this year. Um, and my lines, I have 23 lines. So now if you, my math you, is correct. You, what, what's the mix on that? Like, are these, are these properties? Are they businesses? Any mix or is it mostly real estate? Yep. So I have um, investments in three different private companies. I have, you know, real estate that I own individually, uh, multifamily. I own a couple of condos. And then I have a bunch of real estate that I own in partnerships. Yeah. I'm a partnership guy. I like to collaborate. Yeah, of course. Including the, the, the Sergio uh, yeah. So doing, the right? stuff that I have, so then I have on, on top of that, I have another probably eight or nine different investments in syndications. So that's multifamily, industrial, self-storage. This is as, are you a limited partner in all of those or is it I'm an LP? Yeah. I'm an LP yeah. in all of those, except for a couple of the, the storage ones with hearth fires. I joined them last year as, and I'm now a GP there. GP. Nice. Very cool. That's really cool. I, I love hearing that. I love hearing the, uh, the collaborations that go on. I like what you said. I'm a collaborator. That's what you enjoy. You lean into it and it's, you know, it's, you're, you're leveraging your gift on the, it's funny on the, um, the 271. So you said you sold a couple of properties. Have you like, there's been some debate on, is that horizontal vertical or, or does it go anywhere? So I call that horizontal as well. When I have a capital event, I look at that as horizontal income. That sounds like that's what you're doing as well. Correct? Yeah. I, I classified it as horizontal, but I mean, I would classify as horizontal. That's that's the way I, and that's how I'm currently classifying it. Me too. Actually, on the one sheet currently, what I do is if it's like a, a refi and I get I get a, a capital event, I classify that as horizontal. And if I'm reinvesting that refi, I'm taking that exact amount and I'm sticking it in my amount invested line as well. So it's almost like a it's in both spots. Like yes, it's horizontal, and boom, it went right back out the door. Uh, as an investment. So that's interesting because some guys say, nah, you know, I consider that vertical or they just leave it off. Some people just leave it off completely. And I just don't, I don't agree with that. I see that as a horizontal income. So uh, I'm glad you clarified. Yep. What yep. percentager are you currently? So uh, per my one sheet relative to this year, I'm saying 1,279%, which is just totally inaccurate. I would say last year, I'm going off of 2020s numbers. I did pull that 2020s up as 165% is what I am. Got it. Makes sense. Now I like that. Great. Good for you. That's incredible. How about debt? What's your debt to net worth currently? So my debt to net worth, and, and I, I personally am figure, trying to figure this out because since I do own so much in partnerships, it's like, 
how do you, I'm taking my proportionate share, but like on the PFS, then it's like banks are like, well, you're technically liable for all of it. Yeah. So I have two numbers, my loan to net worth, my proportionate share is about 54.18% and then loan to net worth on all 74.83. Got it. Okay. Very good. No, yeah, that's a good point, right? You do, you are technically, they don't let you say like, oh, well, if it defaults, you're only responsible for one fifth because the other four partners are also- So actually, it's funny you, you, you bring that up. I actually just heard that banks are starting to do that as far as, you know, like when you're negotiating term sheets, you yeah. can actually negotiate being liable for your pro rata share of the partnership. No kidding. Like a fractional liability share? That's yeah. Amazing. I had not heard that. We tried that on our last deal, but it didn't work. <laughs> I think it also depends on the strength of balance sheet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's really good though, man. I like that. Good, good to know. I'll, I'll definitely start looking around for that more when I talk to my broker. Good stuff. And so from a, from a percentage standpoint, you said you got a few private companies. What percentage of your net worth is real estate? And you can you know, sort of best guess at this versus maybe non-real estate portions of your net worth. Yeah. So I have about 686,000 in syndications and another, I would say I'm, I'm about probably 80% in real estate. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at it, just trying to add in a couple of things, probably about 75, 80%. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys I talk to, they, I mean, some are as high as they're like, look, I'm 99% real estate. Maybe I've got some crypto in there or something like that, but they're, uh, they're uh, up there. So 80% makes sense. Very good. Let's jump over to your age defying health bucket. So what's your current weight and body fat percentage? Yep. So my current weight's about 156 pounds and my body fat is 12.2%. That's amazing. How tall are you? Five nine. Five nine one fifty six. You're very lean. What's the diet look like? Honestly, man, I don't really eat that much. Like I eat like turkey bacon in the morning pretty much every morning and like that, like that and like a like an English muffin. And then I a lot of times won't eat till dinner time. Like I don't really eat a lot. Is that intentional? Like do you fast or you just don't feel hungry and you say you don't eat? It depends. I, I would say that I usually just set a day up and, and within my day, I'm generally not having enough time to eat. So I would say that um, most of it's just like kind of self-induced. Like if you work in hard enough, you just don't think about it. Yeah, that's true. You kind of drive past it. What about I, I measured everything I ate for 30 days during quarantine. And it was really eye-opening to see how many poor decisions you can make in a, in a single calendar day with your diet. What did you give me an example? What do you mean by that? I so I measured with a food scale every meal for thirty straight days. When you're home yeah. alone, not going out anywhere, like dude, going out is the is like the problem because yeah. you go out to I mean pick it doesn't matter where you go, pick a healthy spot and then like put dressing on it. You got a bunch of sugar in it. Yeah. You got a you know and, and like understanding you know the way the calories are divided. Now yeah, you know, I haven't read Gary Taub's book yet in its entirety, so I'm interested to to dig into that, but. His whole a calorie is not just the calorie theory is like pretty much the exact opposite of what everything else I've read. Mm -hmm. So calories in calories out, as long as you have less calories in than you have calories out, you operate at a deficit, which doesn't allow for gain. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Not, not hard. It's, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. He says that's wrong. It sure shit work for me. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. 156 is lean, man. You're a little taller than me and a little less weight than me. So I got to, I got to get on it, I guess. But the uh, eating out thing, you're absolutely right about that. Like just sodium, sugar, whatever, it's all loaded down with stuff. So not eating out is a key. And yeah, you're right. In the beginning parts of, uh, of COVID, I felt like I was in a groove. And then as soon as I can go out again, I 
engorged. But that's just me. What about exercise? What's your exercise routine look like? Yeah, so I got a Peloton in December of 2019. So I actually was fortunate enough to get ahead of the the the, the lack of Pelotons available. But that was honestly like a lifesaver last year. Like that was my thing. I lost like 15 pounds during quarantine. And I wasn't like, I was like 171. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like drastically overweight, but like, you know, I just wasn't good for sure. Um, is this the less you least you've been in a while? This is pre pre twenty nineteen. Were you kind of hovering at one fifty five? Dude, I, well, I was weight? beating myself up in like twenty seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. I was really trying to build my team. I was just working nonstop, and I was eating like crap. I was out all the time. Yeah. I was drinking a lot. You know, I just was treating my body really poorly. And I mean, you know, I have, I go through phases now. If I were if I if I'm really like plowing, like the first thing to drop is my my exercise. Like I'm mm-hmm. just so guilty of that crazy guilty of that but yeah. with the peloton you have less of an excuse it's like you can get a 20 minute workout in in your house you don't have to drive anywhere you can be done your workout in the time it takes you to get to the gym and back no that's fair that's a good point yeah i, I thought about the peloton my, my issue is always i like being around people so you know to go to a spin studio versus doing it in my, like i do it and i feel like after a month i would just lose the interest because i'm not I, I'm, I'm a nut i need to be like around a lot of noise and people and things going on otherwise my interest wanes so that's just the way I operate, but good for you, man. You did. You definitely, I mean, you could have sold that thing for ten, fifteen thousand dollars at some point, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not really. I, I guess I could have, but I like it. I, 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 it's not worth it to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I know. Like there, there was a run on them. It was, uh, it became like uh, toilet paper. It was toilet paper and Pelotons. Those are the two things you could get. <laughs> around, so. Thank you, COVID. Let's talk about relationships. So tell me a bit about your family. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm married. I don't have any kids. Just me and my, my wife, Leah. Uh, Leah is in nursing school right now, so, and she's almost done. We are coming down the home stretch here. That, and she actually has been working at the hospital in the emergency room. She got hired. It was funny. Like She had been trying to get hired at the hospital for like a year and a half, mm. and she finally got hired in May of 2020 which was like post the insanity, but you know, there was still some definite, you know, like over the holidays this past year, she was like definitely seeing a lot of COVID stuff and they were like getting one in 95 and you know, they're keeping this Brown paper bag she'd bring home. And I'm like, what the hell? Keep that in the car. Get that out of here. (laughs) Her bag. Oh, COVID. What was it? (laughs) Yeah. No, it it was. So they would like keep it in this Brown paper bag and she had to go in and get these things like fit tested and you know, every, every like, I, you had so many shifts that you could wear it for before it was deemed no longer to be safe. Interesting. Interesting. So she's but, about to finish up and that'll be her thing. Are you, are you thinking kids or is that just not in the equation for you two? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe not. I, I'm, you know, I'm not really like, I'm, I, we'll find a way to make an impact no matter what it is, you know, whether it's through kids or if it's through, you know, it's, through somebody else's kids yeah we're not really sure yet she wants to kind of lean into her career now that she's uh you know to a point where she actually has the ability to kind of pursue that i love it how long have you been married we have been married for three and a half years three and a half years yeah my wife and i were five years before we even thought about it in fact we were saying no 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 before that and at the five-year mark we had done we had traveled we had had fun we didn't done this or that and we thought you know what yeah, let's just see. Let's just see what happens. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, adjust for the fact that I'm such a masculine being. So she got pregnant right away. Obviously, on me, that was my doing. Yeah, so no, are you immediately right? Nothing to do with her by yourself. Yeah. 
That's incredible. You contributed the sperm and the egg. It came fertilized, pre-fertilized. No, I do it. I, look, I, I seek to over-deliver. Whatever I can do, I seek to over-deliver. <laughs> but she did. She got pregnant. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's the greatest thing in the world and can be one of the most frustrating things in the world being a parent. But uh, uh, not having kids is definitely we, funny you say it, we had the same thought. Like, we'll have a great life either way. If we do or we don't, it, we'll figure out a way to have a great life. It's and, so expensive, uh, man. No kidding. No kidding. Dang. I just dropped my kid off at Acton Academy, first day in private school because, you know, a good public school wasn't good enough for us. We went, we went with the, uh, the private academy. But, uh, but yeah, no, they are. They, there's a lot, a lot invested, no doubt about it. But I don't know. It's worth it once you have them, trust me. But when you see other people with their kids, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that was always <laughs> our issue. It was like, well, you know, I mean, they're great. They're, but why? Well, yeah. But then you have them and, and it becomes, you, you kind of get it, I guess, at that point, like anything, right? It's, I like being able to play with them and then give them back. That's a fun man. game for me. To be a great grandfather one day. You never know. All right. What is your life happiness index? Yeah. So my life happiness index is 7.12. What's the low in there? Like, what are you, what are you lowest with? Yeah. You know, honestly, right now, my lowest is adventure and travel. Is that uh, COVID related or is that just like you haven't prioritized that? Yeah. COVID? Yeah. It, it's so I would say that's uh, COVID related, but it's also um, my wife, you know, is being in school, you know, so she's working mm. and being in school, like nursing school. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty demanding. And so you just don't have a lot of flexibility. So you have like, a short like week of time where you get to travel and between and she's been working every other weekend so she's just been like absolutely hammering at it and we're, we both said when she graduates this uh this summer we are taking a baller vacation and it's going to be ridiculous and there will be no price tag it's like we're doing something incredibly cool there you go what, what give me what do you have a top three in mind it kind of some ideas is it destination or type or whatever yeah, so probably warm with a beach. Those will be, that'll be a start. Um, we nice. went to Thailand for our honeymoon, which was really cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. I actually got sick. Uh, I got food poisoning. That was fun. But um, if you ever go to Thailand, just do yourself a favor. Don't travel business class or better. <laughs> I was cheap and I was like, I'm not paying an extra $2,000. And then when I was sick on the way back, I w- there was no amount of money I wasn't willing to pay. Right, right. And I didn't have the ability. So, oh, man. Sorry to hear that. But, Hey, you got to see Thailand. That's a good thing. All right, let's jump over to uh, genuine contributions. So what is your give back ratio currently? Yes. Yeah, so my give back ratio is just over 1%. And that was another one of the low areas. I've been, you know, this year has been really a focus of mine to give back, not just money, but more time and started like kind of like a real estate mentorship group and bringing in people who haven't bought anything yet or trying to understand how to buy and We've been focusing on, you know, not just giving dollars, but giving, giving knowledge, you know, it's like teaching them how to fish instead of just giving them fish. Yeah. I wonder if a lot of people in GoBundance, men's or women's are, are hard on themselves with this. As I, as I, as I've done this podcast and listened to more and more people, you know, for instance, you sat in on the Ascend uh, or the Emergent Ascend uh, 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 call, like you did our millionaire case study, right? That's an hour and a half of an evening of yours that you contributed time. There's no value or benefit to you. There's no, you you weren't paid for it. There was nothing you were getting out of it per se, other than the ability to contribute to a group of people who want to learn more about, you know, how you've made your money, how you structure your, your life and your businesses. So yeah, I, I do wonder if, you know, it's not like charitable donation or going to a soup kitchen and sitting there and doing that. But to your point, you know, the time that you contribute to others in, even in that regard, in a, in a mastermind setting, I don't know. I do wonder if, if some guys give themselves too little credit for the amount that they contribute, but it sounds like you're, 
you've got some plans on on things you want to do no it's 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 about like contributing in a way that's meaningful to you because like you know some people could stroke huge checks and you know but like how meaningful is that to them like you know even if someone had the ability to give 50 percent of their total income or and and like but was just unfulfilled about it like that's the equivalent of not giving at all so i think it's just the key is giving in a way that's meaningful to you so that so much so that the dollar amount's irrelevant but that the, the feeling of giving is fulfilling yeah, yeah. Barbara Corcoran of uh, Shark Tank fame, Shark Tank fame. She met, made this point. Like, I don't really give anything externally. She's like, I set up like college funds for my sister's kids, and you know, she does things internally within her family that she looks at as her way of contributing, but it's meaningful to her. You know, so I completely agree with that. Let's jump over to some accountability stuff. Who is in your GoPod currently, and how often do you meet? Yeah, so we just uh, we just kind of revamped this last month. Um, currently, in my GoPod is Ryan Good. Uh, Steve Waller, who's a new guy, and Josh Blankenship, who's also a newer guy. But I actually handpicked the pod, put it together because we're all local guys and everyone lives kind of within a couple hours. So our intention was to be able to meet up at least once a month in person beyond meeting weekly. So we meet via Zoom weekly. Nice. Okay, cool. What's kind of the current discussion, the current topic? So we just went through rounds of our one sheets because I think we've been doing this now for about a month. So we went through everyone's one sheet to get to know each other a little bit. Uh, we're actually getting together a week from today, actually, as first time in person. And um, we're going down. We're, we're, we're trying to do it the, uh, the traction style, like level 10 meeting, you know, with having, you know, highlight reel, with having, you know, to-do list, you know, going over your rocks and you're going over your scorecard, going over your rocks, and then kind of going down the IDS list and figuring out how we can help people stay on track if they're off. Interesting. So you want a full EOS within your pod? Yeah. So just, you know, it's not so much like, hey, we are talking about this thing. It's more about like, what are we all looking to accomplish? I've been in a couple of pods. And the thing that I feel like pods struggle the most with, everyone's like, oh, I want accountability, I want accountability. But then no one's accountable to the accountability. It's, it's this ironic thing where everyone says what they want, but no one actually does what they say they want. So- mm. It, it, and I've been in three pods now. Mm-hmm. And this is, I would say, I had one pod that was uh, with M1 um, that was about three years long. And that actually was great. We were all real estate guys. So that was awesome. But it just got to a point where we talked about accountability and just like just kept falling by the wayside and, you know, just became like a event slash problem solving session for whoever had the most urgent thing of the week. Mm. Gotcha. Interesting. I love that you, you created a new pod though recently. So I'm assuming your second pod or the pod that you had prior to this, or go pod that you had prior to this, maybe it wasn't kind of working for you. Can you walk me through that? Because that happens quite a bit, not quite a bit, but it happens often enough where I think it's important for anybody listening that's maybe part of GoBundance to kind of hear what was the decision-making process, or maybe I'm assuming something here, but to not be in that pod anymore and then to start your own. Well, I personally made the decision. Um, it just wasn't what I wanted. I mean, you know, we had one guy who wasn't showing up like on time, which that's disrespectful in my opinion to everybody else's time. Cause I'm there on time. Mm-hmm. Um, we had another guy that just, uh, I don't really know. He just talked a lot, but never really acted on things. And I'm just like, well, I'm here to give, but if you're going to ask me for my give and you don't act on it, then I don't know why I keep showing up. So mm-hmm. it got to the point where I just felt like my, I, I wasn't being pushed and I wanted to be pushed. 
And I didn't feel like my time was being honored and I'm not down with that. Like, I don't need those people in my environment. So to me, I've just learned with relationship to like wanting to be better and level up. I mean, guys at the highest level, these dudes are showing up on time. They're showing up with their homework done. They're showing up to, to give, not just receive. Mm. And I think to anybody who's looking to be in a pod or that's successful, show up looking to give show up on time and do what you say you're going to do. Be accountable to what you commit to doing. And I think if you do those three things, whether it's your first pod or not, you know, your first pod may not work, but I think that those three things will really take you, they will help you find the right pod. Makes sense. That makes sense. I love that. I, you know, you're investing in the experience of this. And if, you're, if your GoPod isn't working for you, to what you did, you know, you took action and you found one that does work for you. So I, I love that. That's great advice. That's great advice that you outlined uh, a few guardrails there. Uh, let's go to adventures. So what are the, have you been to, I know you were at the virtual event for, uh, for where was that? Tahoe. Have you been to yeah. any other GoBundance trips besides that? Yeah, so I was, I, I actually, um, I went to the Breckenridge one in 2019. 19. 2019, Breckenridge. That was Sean wow. Stevenson. That was, uh, yes. um, he was awesome, man. That guy who, was unbelievable. Rob Dial, I think, right? He was also there. Yep. Sean yep. Stevenson was just like 10 out of 10, though. That dude yeah. was just funny as hell. I loved it. Yeah. He was great. Very cool. That's the only one um, I've been to, though. That's the one you've been to? Okay, cool. So yep. uh, coming up, on you planning on going to Steamboat or no? I will be at Steamboat. I got my ticket. Well, I will see person. you there. You will yes, not see you. me on the interwebs this time. That's right. I'll actually see you live. Get to press the flesh. What are the three, three of your past greatest hits? Ooh, three past greatest hits. Dang. I freaking didn't come prepared with this one. I had the future ones. So past greatest hits. Man, that honeymoon to Thailand was ridiculous. That was just incredible. That was it. my second one was I went on a, a a cruise through like Greece and Italy for 10 days. That was ridiculous. That too. with family or just not like with your yeah, wife? Yeah, with my parents, my wife. Um, that was a year after. It was a year after we got married, two years after we got married. Nice. So that was like, that was just incredible experience, man. And you got to see Santorini and, and, you know, Sicily and we went to Malta. I mean, it was like, like the picturesque, it was like the, it was like the photo calendar tour. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. And then I would say, um, my third one was I caught a 40, my dad, I was on the boat with my dad. In fact, I have it as my desktop picture caught a, my dad caught a 45 and a half inch Northern Pike. Wow. In, uh, in Canada, we were on a flying okay. fishing trip, uh, yep. to Timbuktu, not actual, but like little <laughs> podunk, podunk Canada, where you yeah. like going on a float plane and you're the only person there for five days. You got no electricity, just like yeah. solar. So we, we would do that. And, um, my dad and I, I caught a 43, I actually caught three 40 inch bike in the same day. I caught a 41, my dad, I caught a 43 and a half and my dad caught a 45 and a half same day. Wow, same boat. man. That's cool. Like that's, cool. that's like a lifetime fish, and we caught three in, in a day. It was just out of control. Very cool. Look at that. That's awesome. By the way, you forgot one, which is being on the GoBundance podcast with me. Uh, now you can call that a past <laughs> greatest hit, right? It's not, no longer a future. But you Thanks said you were prepared with me. the future. So what are the future greatest hits? Yeah, so my future greatest hits actually is 
my wife graduating nursing school. Like that is so important to me. I feel super vested in that outcome in ways because I feel like I've been the therapist at times and, you know, we've just been through war to get that done. My future greatest hit is going to be catching my first tarpon. I have jumped them, but I've never landed them. Um, so, if, you know, we could get a go abundance tarpon fishing trip in, you know, like the flats and like Boca Grande, I would be down. I'm glad you said fishing trip because I, I didn't know that was a fish until you just said that. So I, I, I yeah, no it's idea. It's basically you said you a were... dinosaur fish, dude. The scales are like huge. It's what like do you mean you were much. jumping them? What does that mean? You jumped over so them? So it means you hook into one and then, you know, you're, you have it long enough where it's like, ah, shit, this is kind of difficult. I should probably jump and try to spit this hook. Uh, and I got spit. Got it, got Unfortunately. It. Still, still half understand everything you said, but yes, I'm with you. I think I have a better, clearer <laughs> understanding of what exactly is going on now. So cool. That's, that's number two, your, your jumping bonefish. And what's the third one? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so my, my third one is transitioning out of the day-to-day real estate sales. I think I, I, I had a goal to do that at the end of 2019 and I, by the end of 2021, it's going to be a reality. Yeah. It's going to happen, huh? Yeah. I, I, I'm not looking to sell my team. I have a, a guy who's been one of my closest friends um, for 20 years who's been working his, his butt off and um, I'm working to have him and teaching him, you know, kind of all of the things and he's really stepped up in a huge way. So I'm transitioning it, still being involved in the management business back end side of things, but sure. he'll be handling pretty much all the day-to-day sales. I'm just kind of handling the, the systems and the processes and you know, hiring, firing back end. What's the day look like then for you when it comes to when it comes to being, you know, not necessarily in the day-to-day sales world? So honestly, like my goal is to transition to Hearthfire, you know, completely pretty much full time. I'm still probably working 25, 30 hours a week with Hearthfire right now. I mean, you know, between you know, taking down existing deals, um, property management of existing portfolio, we control about 103,000 square feet right now with this next to, uh, property we close at the end of the month will be at about 152,000, and I'm running the land development for an expansion that we're doing. So it's about uh, 35,000 square feet we're looking to expand. That's so cool, man! That you found a passion with another GoBundance guy in your market around a, an wow. asset class that drives you. So that's best. really cool. It's the best. That's really cool. That's that's for anybody out there that's thinking about GoBundance. That's the power of being in the community of right people or any mastermind for that matter. But you get the right mastermind for you, and that works completely. So. Love that. We're going to wrap this up with a question from the GoBundance card game. And it's funny. <laughs> I got the 10 of clubs. I flipped it around. The first question I'm not going to ask you to do this was show us your dance moves. I'm not going to really do great on the audio version of this. The video, we could see it. <laughs> if you feel like dancing, go for it. In fact, you can dance while you're answering this question, which is what motivates you towards success more than anything else? Watching other people who never could have imagined their own success. Hmm. It's, it's, I have now had the fortune of, of changing outlooks and mindsets for a couple of people, especially close people to me. And in a way that like they couldn't have imagined without my help, like their, their, their mindset and their outlook was programmed to, you know, see and think a certain way. And, you know, being able to kind of like just take the same person, open their eyes to what they're good at and teach them to think a little bit differently. They were able to, you know, really just, we just kind of parted the Red Sea and said like, go for it, dude. Like, have at it. That's cool. 
That's cool. So many things were aligned on with this. I mean, obviously, what I do with uh, the Emerge and Ascend program is the exact same thing. I get in complete satisfaction from seeing people break through, have that epiphany, get to that next level. And yeah, you talk about college, you know, some of the other things you had mentioned, there was something else you said that really resonated with me. I've never played drums in a band. I did play drums, but not in one that got a contract that would have paid you a full on $6,700. Like I would have wished for a $6,700 portion of a contract as the drummer that I was. But for you, I completely get why you wouldn't sign that contract. But uh, really cool, man. I love getting to know you more and learning more about your story. And I can't wait to see you in Steamboat. How could folks find out more about you? Reach out. Is there a, an Instagram handle or an email you want to share? Anything like that? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's at movingbucksmont, B-U-C-K-S-M-O-N-T. Um, and then honestly, by email is the, really the best way. It's mark at movingbucksmont.com. Same spelling. Beautiful. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. We have fulfilled a bucket list adventure for you. I'm most excited about that. Again, always want to give, always want to contribute. So I appreciate <laughs> it, Jamie. Thanks, Glad brother. Glad you, brother. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. The Wrong Tribe Confounds. The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Okay, okay, okay. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> the Audible Australia, you croaking abundant sky. Well, the Aussies won't have it, but the Ecuadorians are saying, come on. Win it, go bandits! Grab life big at the Galapagos Islands and Ecuador! September 13th through September 23. We fly into Quito and immediately ship off to the Hot Springs Resort where you can put one foot in the Northern Hemisphere and one foot in the Southern Hemisphere at the same time. Selfie! Day two, we travel to the Amazon jungle and go straight into it with some epic class four whitewater rafting. That night we stay at stunning Hamadrati Jungle Lodge. Then we travel downriver to a remote indigenous village for our give back project. There we'll be giving to a village of indigenous Ecuadorians who so need our help in rebuilding their community. And of course, we will be bringing hundreds of GoBundance Frisbees to teach the kids the game of Ultimate Frisbee. Later that day, we'll be welcomed into the same community and thankful for our efforts and we stay with the tribe. We say adios to our newfound friends and travel back upriver and onward by road from the jungle back into the mountains. This afternoon, we'll reach Banos, a small town situated in a valley at the base of an active volcano. Then we'll head to nearby San Martin Canyon for a bunch of cool activities like ziplining, walking across a high, high, high suspension bridge, via Ferrata, whatever the hell that is, and a canopy jump into the Rio Pastraza. Sort of like 12 shots of B12 Reindeer. Day five from Banos, higher to the Andes towards Cote de Paxi. 
Now, we're going to break into two groups. Each group is going to do something on this amazing mountain or volcano. You will have your choice. Choice one, we're going to wake up at midnight and summit that sucker so we are there at the sunrise. Now, the summit is 19,347 feet. No joke. I highly recommend you train hard for this. Be ready for this because 19,347 is no joke. We'll have another group head to Hacienda La Aligra, a family-owned horse farm located in the panoramic volcano valley. We're gonna do some horseback riding and then do an epic mountain bike ride. You don't have to decide till you get there. It's gonna be absolutely epic either way. We're all returned to Quito. It's time for Aspiring Adventures Epic Amazing Race. What a way to see Quito, Ecuador. Then we fly out of Quito to the Galapagos Islands. There we stay at the famous Finch Bay Eco Hotel for three nights in a row. And this afternoon, we're gonna go wander and check out some of the weird and wonderful wildlife. We're gonna do some scuba diving, snorkeling in the pristine waters of the Galapagos. Bucket list! Then on day 10, we are going deep sea fishing. This will be a day of epic nautical bombastia. Then we fly out of the Galapagos, refreshed, re-energized, and with a soul that is majorly fulfilled. Ecuador is bound to be one of GoFundance's most epic international adventures yet. And I hope to see you there. Thank you for tuning in to the GoBundance Podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, Ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, five million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.